0: Hi, and welcome to Listen Up, A-Holes, the only Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast that was made for this. I'm story expert Lonnie Diane rich of Chipperish Media.
1: And I'm Joshua Unruh, superhero scholar from Pulp Diction Productions. Together, we're working our way through the good, the bad, and the still worthy of the MCU.
0: (laughs) So listen up, A-Holes. We're going to talk about Avengers Endgame.
1: Okay, look, there are a few four-color facts that I could do here for fun, Mm -hmm. okay? I could talk about how five-year gaps are traditional and that Uh the Legion of Superheroes has one that's at least as gut-wrenching as this one and probably a lot more, honestly. Or I could talk about the time Hawkeye wore a different outfit and called himself Ronin, but honestly, it's Hawkeye, so no fucks given. I could also talk about the time... It's true. If you were wondering, like, where did this outfit come from and why is he killing Japanese people? It's because for 10 seconds he was Ronin in the comics. But again, nobody gives a shit. I could also (laughs) talk about the time that Peter David wrote a Hulk epic that ended, or I guess more accurately, middled Uh with a believable but much less goofy Professor Hulk than the one we get in this Uh movie. But instead, but instead (laughs) of all of that jazz, I'm going to punt my singular important four color fact to the end of the episode. Because trust me, trust me, friends, it'll make more sense when we get there. (laughs) Because are you ready for this? Because I can just, here's your preview. I'm going to make their bullshit time travel work.
0: I'm really glad about that because I am so confused by this movie. But let's go ahead and just get started with our production information. Avengers Endgame was released on April 26, 2019. It was written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely and directed by Joe and Anthony Russo. So this is a team up we have seen before with pretty much a a high success. Uh, This movie took $2.8 billion at the box office. And let me just have a moment of silence for $2.8 billion, which is insane. And Avengers: Infinity War, which is the next highest grossing Marvel film, took about 2.1 billion. So, these guys are are working at a level that is just beyond comprehension at this point.
1: I just I mean, once upon a time I bought these damn things at the grocery store for a buck a piece, <laughs> these superhero stories. <laughs> And now it's these numbers of dollars that just make me feel a little ashamed of myself And somehow. basically, like, I
0: mean, before all the theaters shut down, the only thing in the theaters were like Marvel movies and horror movies or like big, you know, like uh, spectacles, you know, there just isn't isn't much else at the movie theaters anymore. And, uh, yeah. and it's just take it. it's sucked up all of the going out to the movie theater air from the room. But um, it has a 94% rating on Rotten Tomatoes with critics and a 90% with audiences, which I think is pretty... Fair, I think it's a pretty good. It's as
1: it should be, pretty
0: good movie. Although it is forty pounds of movie in a five-pound bag, and this is the thing. Like Joshua, you and I were having this conversation earlier, where you were like, "Well, I'm not really sure that it was any more confusing or more stuff than Infinity War," and I will absolutely allow that. What I will say is that. My ability to process all of this stuff hit a hard wall in the middle of this movie. And I think <laughs> I'm just done. I'm done asking questions. I'm done wondering when the hell did this happen? I'm done wondering why the infinity stones have the same colors when they're all supposed to be different colors. Like nothing makes any sense to me at all. So I'm just, I'm at the point where I'm, I'm overloaded. I don't. No, I didn't know why Barton and Lang were under house arrest. I had to look that up on Google and figure it out because I guess everyone had a choice. Sign the accords, go under house arrest and retire from the superhero gig or go rogue and be an outlaw superhero. And everybody made different choices. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Yeah.
1: I'm going to help you just a little bit. So to to uh, I guess uh, uh, everybody's personal, I've hit my pretty colored gemstones that control the universe quotient. You've hit that wall. That's fine. I understand it. But let me just push back enough to say, I do think that Infinity War was 40 pounds of stuff in a five-pound bag. That's legit. Like, there's too much going on in Infinity War. Yeah. And yet also not enough. Uh-huh. Funny how that goes. Um, oh, I, I actually like Infinity War. Yeah. I just want to get that mm-hmm. out there. I like Infinity War, but that's facts. Right. Like, they gloss over some stuff. Like, yep, Wanda and Vision are totally a thing. Boo. You there know. you go. But this one, yeah. I actually feel, is more like 40 pounds in a 37-pound bag. Okay. Like, this one doesn't feel as crammed full. Oh. Okay. And I do think that this is a personal hitting of a wall for you because I was also like, why is she confused about the stones? Cuz they, they, they have the same color. color. They
0: do. They do. Okay, the the soul stone was yellow, uh-huh. like visions Okay,
1: it's orange. Stone. It's orange. But when it lights up, it is. It's 100% it is very orange. Yellow. That's why
0: the ether, but when
1: it lights up, it looks too orange. The yes. ether
0: that they take from who's it's in Thorland is um is red, but then it's yellow when it's in Vision's forehead.
1: Well, he no the the ether is a reality stone. Yes, the mind stone is what's in.
0: Okay, but the mind Vision's stone head. was the one that was in the Loki's scepter. This is the one, and it was yes. Blue, this is the which one, by I'll the give way. You. The tesseract
1: wait, also wait, wait. blue. The scepter. The scepter was blue, the gemstone inside was yellow.
0: Okay, and let me just say a resounding fuck off to that, because if you I know have it's needlessly all of these confusing. stones do not make them the same color make them different colors so that I have, I'm not confused because when the tesseract and is blue and the scepter is blue, and they're both and, but they're not the same and they're stealing them from the place. and I just I, 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 this is where I just I hit up against it. I'm like there's no reason not to make them like distinguishably different colors.
1: Okay, they are distinguishably different colors, except I agree with you that it is very poor planning to have two MacGuffins that are blue that then spit out two different (laughs) gems, one of which is blue and one is not. Like, I know why they didn't make that scepter yellow. Right. Because it would have looked terrible. It's not going to show
0: up well. I get it.
1: With Loki's outfit, especially.
0: Right. It's going to look a little anemic. You know, in yeah. the middle of a scepter. And like, I get that, but your your problem is you've gotta you gotta do something. You gotta give me something. The Tesseract could have been yellow, inherited. maybe all along the way. I don't know.
1: Uh no, the tesseract should have been blue because it was the space gym and the space gym is blue and that was what was in the tesseract.
0: Right. And the fact that we are having this conversation. <laughs> Is, I'm sorry, evidence enough for a jury of Marvel's peers to be like, no. It's just, it's so confusing. And the fact that, like, I can't tell the difference between the orange and the yellow stone, you
1: know? Oh, that is a problem with the like I don't know what do they call it the the color correction of this film that lit up orange is basically the same color as lit up yellow yeah. is a, that's a legit problem
0: It's all it's all so incredibly confusing so there's that there's the wibbly wobbly timey wimey thing with a shout out to Dr Who um and and here's the thing like this is a just me thing I there are certain things that I cannot wrap my mind around and time travel shenanigans is one of them whenever we get into time travel I'm like but wait and when they go back in time then they create a new timeline then there's this new timeline but then they got to go back and they've got to put the stones back before they were stolen and I just you know
1: I have spectacular news for yes. you I'm not getting into it until the end, but I want you to be as annoyed as you can possibly be about this time travel because that will make it better when I fix it at the end. Okay. But let me tell you, here is your good news preview. What they did was not actually time travel, which will eventually Help you understand it. Now, they talk about it the entire movie like it's time travel. That's because everyone who's working on this problem does not know their ass from their elbow. Like, none of them are quantum physicists. The quantum physicists are snapped. So this is a bunch of people who are like, I'm very, very smart at this one thing, and I'm trying to be smart at this other uh-huh. thing. And here's how I'm going to talk about. And also, I'm going to say Hulk's like bullshit explanation is confusing on purpose because they are trying to get you to the point where you won't think where about the brain fact just that their time traveling Your brain just and you're like,
0: okay, fine, whatever. Yes, right. They're looking yes. for okay, fine, whatever. I, I hit that okay, fine, whatever wall. It's fine. Like, and I'm, I'm just accepting it. I'm just accepting it. When we get to the end, when you explain all the time travel, I will bring in all my questions then. And I can almost (laughs) guarantee you, like our listeners will probably understand what you're talking about. I can almost guarantee you that it will still go over my head, but I appreciate... If it does yes.
1: go over your head, it will be because it is such an even larger concept than time travel. I'm going to stop right now because I'm very excited <laughs> to trot this little tidbit out. All right. You don't even know. I'm
0: excited for that. We will set that aside for the moment. And now we're going to move. Needless to yes. say,
1: I'm with you. The time travel itself, I do not find particularly confusing, uh-huh. like in and of itself. Like I understand what they're doing and why they're doing it and why it should more or less work. Yeah. Right up until the point that, and I mean, this is good writing, right? It's all conflict, conflict, but right up until the point that all of their plans go completely off the fucking <laughs> reservation. And then I'm like, you broke time. You broke time.
0: Okay. Right.
1: And that's why I had to eventually all this time later with the assistance of friend of the show, Matt Liparata. Hi, Hi Matt. Matt. Integral to this, mm-hmm. to this whole thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it is. Not confusing in terms of plot, but it does leave you asking questions to which there are no good answers. Okay. And oh, believe me, I'm a beyond about some of that shit. Asterisk. Captain America's ending is not good. Okay. Yeah. We'll Get to we it. We
0: are going to get to that. That's that's also one of the huge, huge, big questions. But okay, let's set that aside for now. and right. Move so, into what I absolutely loved about this movie. I love me some dark and beardy stuff. You know, mm-hmm, Nat also mm-hmm. dark and beardy. She didn't have a beard, right. but she had the the you know the essence of dark and beardy, which I really really love.
1: When your hair is only half grown out yeah. and you clearly give no fucks enough except to put pigtails exactly. in it exactly. That- that is the more feminine response I to lo- the Mr. It's Mom the dark beard. It's dark and beardy. Absolutely. It's dark and
0: beardy now. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying all of this. I like our Avengers in trauma. Um, you know, It's as it should be, yeah. too, right? Like,
1: mm-hmm. this was a big deal. Yeah. Like, they lost, kind of, for the first time. And lost and when big. They- and lost big, right. like could almost not have lost bigger, right? Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. no. I mean, it's so Them good. All
1: messed up is a hundred percent. It is that is where they should be at this point, especially, uh, I mean, twice over, right. really, because we start with a very immediate raw right. trauma. And then we do the five-year gap and it's like, nope, everybody's still fucked up. And that's exactly how that's they should exactly be. exactly
0: how they should be. And I mean, the thing is, we process so much of our own stuff through fiction. Fiction is great mm-hmm. at giving us a safe medium through which to process our grief, our trauma, our fear. The loss and desolation of the post-snap world was especially challenging for me during this viewing because we are Ooh, watching yes. this while we are living through a global pandemic that is killing off a lot of peoples. So this movie right now, I think if anybody was unable to watch it, I would completely understand because it was really, really difficult for me to get through this, especially in the beginning, the empty stadium, you know, the empty Mm. streets, all of that. It was just it was a lot. Um, But there was something about watching like even superheroes struggling with their failures, but yet continuing to fight that while difficult to watch, Felt so particularly resonant now, you know, that superheroes, we go to superheroes and they are, you know, super powered. They are better than us. They are the best that we could possibly ever hope to be. And when we see them struggling, it allows us uh, our own struggles with whatever it is that we're experiencing in the moment. And it allows us to process that. Uh, the fact that it this hit them super hard, um, I think, makes us feel much more connected to them. Of course, vulnerability is the access point to character. When you have a character with appropriate vulnerability, that's when you really feel connected to them. Um, and we have all of our characters in vulnerability. And one of the characters that I really wanted to talk about that with is, oh, my God, Hawkeye. Right. Um, Okay. I I know you hate Hawkeye. (laughs) I'm not a huge fan either. I think I like him a little more than you do. But his loss of his entire family at the beginning of this movie is so heartbreaking. And that vulnerability made him so much more accessible to me as a character. For a minute. For a minute until he goes all weird. Right. Until the scene changes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which Which is weird. And also there's no consequence for that. He's not held responsible for that at all just going around deciding that he's the you know he's the law and he's just going to kill the people he decides are bad like and also we don't even know like we see him killing this guy and we presume that's a bad guy we don't know anything we have no context for that all we see is barton going out and murdering people
1: here yeah i'm going to agree with you the the part at the beginning with his family oh, i yeah. mean i don't care about hawkeye i don't care in about that hawkeye. moment I, I care
0: a lot about hawkeye when no, his no, no. family disappears yes. yeah
1: yes in that moment mm-hmm. um i don't dislike hawkeye so much as i think he's just like superfluous especially to this iteration oh like, yeah this version of the avengers he's particularly eh. like a tangential right you know mm-hmm. but Um, And I will use this as an opportunity to cast some shade back at Age of Ultron, actually, Mm -hmm. is that this is actually a good use of his family and his farm. Right. Mm -hmm. Because this is some narrative lifting that literally nobody else on the team could do. Nobody else has a family outside of the Avengers. Mm -hmm. Nobody. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, we get one for Tony eventually and that becomes a thing. But at the beginning of the movie, we don't have it. All we have is the Bartons, right? And it being so idyllic and so just like here we are, we're the fam, is excellent mm-hmm. and uh, it's great. It really does make me feel for Hawkeye for just a second, <laughs> which is why it's so particularly terrible yeah. that he apparently becomes a super racist murderer, a serial murderer. It's why, and I say racist killer. because the only two groups of people that we hear about on screen. Mm-hmm are a Colombian cartel, Mm -hmm. and then apparently Yakuza Japanese mobsters. Right. So. Mm -hmm.
0: Because we don't have any super bad white people, I'm guessing. I don't know. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And and sure, everybody can, you know, feel free to pile in and say, oh, you're nitpicking. But listen, these are writers making choices. Right. And if you want me to continue to have sympathy for Clint Barton, turn him loose on the Ku Klux Klan. Right. Exactly. High five.
0: exactly. Have him take out some Nazis. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm not a fan of Colombian cartels or Yakuza either. Right. But I mean, you've got to realize that there's a bigger picture here and you just took your like white family man Mm -hmm. and punished him up, right? For no return on investment. Mm-hmm. We never do anything with that. Right. And we really ought to in at least a couple of places. We'll get to it when we discuss well, Natasha. What it
0: does is also set a presumption that the bad people like if they are other, if they are from another country, if they are not white, that somehow that increases the sense of their badness, you know? Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and I That is a really disturbing presumption to to see that people are are holding, you know, because Mm -hmm. there are plenty of really, really bad white people that do really, really bad shit who could use some correction. Now, do I believe in his vigilante? I'll just go murder everybody. No. That is also a bad thing. And the fact that, like, you know, Nat is so worried about him. He's gone off. She can't find him anywhere. He's just murdering people, you know. Um, You know, she's concerned about him. She loves him. They have this, you know, deep friendship and all of that. Fine. Um, But the fact that there does not seem to be any consequence nor condemnation, really, for the fact that he's gone off to be a serial murderer, um, I think is something that's where, you know, we're missing what, what could fit into that five-pound bag. You know, it's just that's something yes. that, that needs some attention. That could be a whole story into itself, and yet we just grab him out of the middle of his murder spree and we're like, <laughs> all right, you know, come work the problem. Now, granted, it's a big problem. Granted, they've got, you know, I would say, like, some pretty big fish to fry, but this should be a stopping point. This should be a problem for, I don't know, somebody. Somebody should have a problem with this, and we don't. Um, so now speaking of gnat,
1: Yeah, Uh, let's talk about Nat.
0: Love Nat. Love dark and beardy Nat, right? Um, (laughs) I I love what we have her experiencing because Barton's family was important to her too. I mean, that was the closest thing that she had to family. Um, So that's a big deal for her. Not to mention the little boy was named after her. Like there's all of these things, you know? Um, And so we have this like wonderful, crunchy, dark and beardy space for Nat. We have her in that. Uh, But it is all about the men like her dark and beardiness is about clint going off and being you know wild out there doing terrible things like she is about everybody else and then we kill her in this horrible way where it's a choice between her and hawkeye who has murdered just a ton of people who should go off the cliff hawkeye every day twice on sundays like that should yep, be that should be how that resolves yet for the second time we are taking a woman and throwing her off this cliff as a sacrifice you know that yes. is very upsetting, especially because she is the only, like, major woman. She's the only woman on the Avengers team, right? She's the only, like, yeah. major female character. We have Gamora, we've got Nebula, we've got stuff going on. But she's she's right up there. She's been there the whole time. Um, she's been there from jump. Yeah. 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 So I find that horribly, horribly disappointing and disturbing and infuriating, just all of these things, because I would have thrown Clint off that cliff. So fast. And let him make the sacrifice. Let him say, you know, I've done all these bad things. I can't come back from that. Perhaps I feel bad yes. for all the murdering. And maybe this is where I find my redemption. Yes. Nat's idea that she... I, I understand she feels bad about the things that she's done. She was a victim. She was kidnapped. She was, you know, brainwashed sure, from brainwashed, a child. Trained from a
1: childhood. Yes, and she yes. has
0: spent... Like, the last, I don't know how many years, saving lives as best she can in every circumstance. Like, I understand how some things make it very difficult to forgive yourself. Like, I get that. But you put Nat up next to Clint, and I'm sorry, it's no contest who actually needs that redemption. And the idea that he would sacrifice himself to bring his family back, a family he will never see again, that, would have been unbelievable in that scene. But instead, Tremendous. once again, it's Nat, you know, who makes the sacrifice. It's Nat who does this. I, I find it, I just, I can't, out of all the things that have disappointed me in this movie, and, and most of it I've actually enjoyed, this is yeah, the thing yeah, that is yeah. a real sticking point for me.
1: It is worth saying that I really like this movie. And I think that it works amazingly well, considering everything that it has to Mm do. Um, I think it's a much tighter package without beating the drum. I think it's a much tighter package than Infinity Mm -hmm. War. I think it's a much tighter package than a lot of the Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. It just has that much more stuff it's trying to get its arms around. And it's because of all that goodness that the one to three pretty serious missteps Yeah. Bug me so hard, right? And Nat is one of those. Mm-hmm. So this is a Josh's rewrite corner. Yes. Are you ready? Like Are you it. ready for I what it. I would do? Yes. Okay. Well, this is what I would have done because we need to make some kind of commentary yeah. on Clint's terrible life choices. Yes. But I like Natasha getting to a place where she's like. All I've been trying to do since I came into this found family was get better. And even when they left, most of them, I'm still here trying to be better. This is me being better. I love that arc. Like, yeah. she was, she'd obviously been, like, just to kind of do, well, we'll do the retrospective. Mm-hmm. Like, she thought she was redeeming herself working for S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. after she left the FSB right. or the KGB or whatever it mm-hmm. is. She's way older than she looks. For All right. <laughs> and um, I'm just saying, <laughs> headcanon accepted mm-hmm. she worked for the KGB she's way older than yeah. what she looks mm-hmm. like anyway i digress uh she thought working for shield was doing that and then she finds out in winter soldier that no that's actually just deepening the problem right. that's why she puts everything you know in public and goes to congress and yes. all of that stuff like she's been on this arc mm-hmm. or versions of this arc and all this time so i love that part right so what i would like to see is both of them go over the side in in that same kind of like trying to get around the other right. one, mm-hmm. right? Um, they both go over the side and Nat wakes up with the gem in her hand because all the fucking gem ever wanted was someone to sacrifice themselves right. instead of their loved one, uh-huh. right? Right, right. Because then we're making a commentary on the cosmology of the MCU Mm -hmm. where, you know, good is good Mm -hmm. and bad is bad. And you can tell the difference. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we had problems with that in Infinity War. So she wakes up and she goes, oh, that's all it ever wanted Mm -hmm. was for someone to sacrifice themselves. And then she's looking around for Clint. And then the Red Skull or whoever can come in and exposit that. No, he couldn't actually sacrifice himself now because he had done that already when he gave up everything good to go be a murderer. <laughs> right. Um, like, because yeah. we need to we need to comment on the fact that losing your family and deciding to murder people of color is not your best approach to life. No, know?
0: and also that he has to come back from that. I think that like I like that except that it does put the ultimate choice in the hands of the the universe as opposed to in the hands of our characters. I think that when you get there, I think you have Clint acknowledging what he's done and telling Nat like giving Nat that final redemption. By the way, everything that you said about all the stuff that Nat has been going through throughout this mm-hmm. run is stuff that has not been terribly explicit. We haven't spent that kind of time, that kind of, um, of, of currency, yeah. story currency on Nat. I love all of that stuff. I don't think that we've gotten it strong enough. If you have Clint tell her that she is redeemed you know, you are redeemed. You thought you weren't. You thought that you still had to do this, but you have achieved what you, you know, and then lets her Mm -hmm, know that mm -hmm. she is redeemed and says, I can't have that. How am I going to go back to Laura and to my kids after what I've done? How am I going to like, I did that thinking they were lost forever. I want them back. I want them to have their lives. I can't, what I've done makes me not able to be a part of that. Like if he acknowledges it, if he says this is the price that I pay for the choice that I made and then he goes over, you know, and you know what? I mean, I know we don't want her to let him, but she should let him, <laughs> you know, she should yeah. let him go because she has to know as somebody who has felt what she has felt this whole time, you know, about herself and her past. Um, I think that that she allowing him to do that is an act of love because she knows he can't be with his family and if they're back you know like mm-hmm, i think that that's mm-hmm. something that i would have really appreciated in this um not just because we get to keep widow and we get to you know hawkeye um <laughs> which is something I could have spared a long time ago. happened anyway right yeah. you know um but i think that it would just make it make it feel so much better and it would be a bit of her sacrifice too you know, because she is allowing yeah. him to do that. Um, so I, I would rather have that choice. I like I like your read on that, and I actually would have much preferred it to what they did. But I really, <laughs> I prefer it when we actively give our characters really, really impossible choices and let them make yeah. them. Yeah. You know, so I think I would have, I, anything, honestly, this where Nat just goes over the side, you know, no. No.
1: I, yeah, I don't. I get where they're coming from with her, but her standing next to Hawkeye when she decides it after what he's done. And when we have the picture of Gamora in our mind from Infinity War, I'm like, it's just too much. It's right. Even if it's not the context of this particular scene, it's enough wider context that it fucks up. this Exactly. It needs something. Exactly. And (laughs) not for nothing. We have this huge funeral yes. for Tony Stark, which we'll get to. And I'm a big fan of like all I really like 90 percent of the Tony Stark stuff yes. here. But the fact that no one even mentions Natasha at that thing oh, yeah, is Hulk throws fun. a bench
0: into the water and then that's it. We're done. That's you it. You know, Move we're on. done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is um, that is like salt on the wound. However, reverse it. Hawkeye goes over the side and nobody talks about Hawkeye at Tony's funeral. Eh.
1: <laughs> Does anyone notice? I think not. Yeah, I think it, was, not. it was
0: a bad, bad choice. Uh, so I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, what I do love, though, I love me some cap. I love, yes. I love Cap. I love dark and beardy Cap. I also love clean shaven, trying to mm-hmm. find the good in the world again. Cap going to group therapy, Cat Cap, you know, um, all of that stuff uh, is, is really, really good. He's very accepting of what has happened, but he's still in the fight. And I like that he's still dedicated to this fight. I mean, Cap has, has been separate. He has kept himself separate. You know, like, pretty much this whole time. So Cap's ties were Peggy, and Peggy's gone. And then here we have Bucky, you know, and Bucky was snapped, right? So Mm -hmm. those were Cap's two ties, and both of them were from before, You know, before the super soldier, both of those were relationships that he formed pre Captain America as Captain America. He becomes something separate, you know, not Mm -hmm. only is he a superhero, but he is the representation that is America's ass. Right. Um, He is this representation (laughs) of uh, I don't want to say superiority because he doesn't have a superior attitude about it, but that everybody sees him as the leader, as the the He's moral, like he is a paragon. And when you are that, you are always separate. Like, it's hard to, to, you know, make connections with people who no one will ever feel like they're your equal, you know, except for these other yeah. superheroes. And that's kind of family. You know, he obviously cares very deeply about them, but it's not that like deep. You knew me when I was tiny little Steve Rogers. Like those people who knew and loved him, then he carries with him. Those are the deep connections for him.
1: Well, and I, I actually think that he probably did have some very significant deep connections with the Avengers. Different, right? right but still deep and serious. But Civil War broke them, right, like in half, yeah. almost in half. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so yeah, he's very like at loose ends for the third or fourth time in his life. Because with the flashbacks we get the feeling that losing his mom Mm -hmm. was that way. And then we get it again when Bucky goes to war and he can't go. And then we get it again when he goes into the ice and comes out. And then we get it again in Civil War. And he's not doing a very good job Mm -hmm. honestly of still being part of the world but he's trying and that is Captain America shit. That is Captain
0: America shit and it is really really good. I mean I love I love too when he is fighting himself in the past um that is one of my favorite favorite moments i especially love like i can do this all day he's like yeah yeah i know you know and we see Uh, how uh, he has changed (laughs) right because in this one um like i can't remember the context of i have it written down somewhere but like he said something like you got to be shitting me you know like he's he's saying this guy who would not curse before right we see this Uh, arc you know
1: I want to point out, he's a guy from Brooklyn in the 30s who went to World War II.
0: Right. Captain
1: America has said fuck and <laughs> hangs out with people that say fuck. And that's the cleanest thing. I I reject the just because your grandparents wanted you to stop cursing does not mean a man who is still chronologically 30 years old, but is actually the age of your grandparents would tell you to stop cursing. I reject that entire bullshit joke and everything that goes with it. It was
0: a bullshit joke, but I do like that we see that arc in him, even though but I yes, completely a agree with you, him up. exactly, I completely yes. agree with you that it was it was bullshit in Ultron. You know, when we got it, I didn't believe it then. It didn't sit with me then. Also, I don't believe that Cap is is judgy like that about other people's l- hey language. Like, no, no, he might not say it. He might not, but I don't think that he would be judgy about other people. But I do like the arc of it. I do like the, yes. you've got to be shitting me. I do like the, I can do this all day, heroic, you know, shine. And then the tired one going, yeah, Just yeah. Just tired.
1: Know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And the willingness to say the words, yeah. hail Hydra. Oh, if it gets the job done. Yes. Now, he didn't have to do anything real super shady right Right. like these are all bad guys that he would have happily fed their teeth to if that's what it came to but
0: right but it saved him a lot of energy
1: avengers cap (laughs) would have said hail hydra even to get the job even to you know what i mean like that
0: it would have occurred to him, like I to don't do know,
1: something that duplicitous to say yes, anything yeah. like
0: that. I don't know that it would have occurred to you know old Cap, pre Civil War Cap, mm-hmm. that it would have occurred to him to do that. Um, but after everything that he's been through, yeah, he'll he'll scuff it up a little bit, and I really really like that. Um, and the rest of the Cap thing, like this, is something we can discuss when we get to the timey wimey bullshit. Um, but it goes... no, we got to do it here. Okay,
1: all right, we get we got to do it here. And the reason I say that is the timey wimey bullshit is very much about the concept of timey wimey. Bullshit. okay so so the problem of captain america will factor into my explanation but the character assassination that happens with this move must be dealt with now
0: okay let's talk about it. i am gonna say first of all um that i i have some internal conflict on this because i know it's bullshit <laughs> <laughs> but the idea of Cap and Peggy having a long life together makes me happy now. I The thing that I do hate about it is that it, it in this timeline or whatever, it erases whatever she did. And S.H.I.E.L.D., she founded S.H.I.E.L.D., she was badass, like everything from her TV series, like it's all gone, She he just comes back. And it's also this, it's Cap and it's Peggy, so okay. But this guy just comes in, and suddenly her entire life is about him. And I don't know. It's 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 tough because I also desperately want Cap and Peggy together. I love Cap and Peggy, um, and and I want her to be happy, and I want him to be happy, and I want everybody to be happy. But it is difficult in a lot of ways. Not to mention the fact that okay, and you'll explain the timey wimey stuff. But if he goes back <laughs> and marries Peggy and they have a life together, then um, what I mean, then all the things that happened between now, like the terror, he just retired as a superhero and never went out and did anything with this super soldier body he had that he didn't interfere in things that he knew were, were coming and did nothing like
1: oh yeah it makes him the worst it makes him legit villainous if he knows about if you have about... the
0: power to stop something bad shit is happening and you know about it like also i don't believe for a moment that cap would would not do something to prevent the Thanos snap in the first place. Like all of this stuff, like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand this world in which he lives unless it's an alternate timeline in which nothing, uh, none of the same stuff happened. And so he didn't know what he could, but he would still interfere. I'm confused. I'm confused by the whole thing.
1: Okay, so, there is some legitimate confusion, because there is some question about like, and and it's worth pointing out, if we're going to bring in meta stuff to this, that the screenwriters and the directors did not agree on what was going on or why it was happening. Okay, Uh uh-huh. Now, I only know this because people kept coming to me after the movie and going, does this work? Mm -hmm. And at first, my answer was, yeah, in a bullshit Marvel way, we'll get to Mm -hmm. it. Now I have a better answer, yes. but it, but at the end of the day, it really doesn't work because it raises all of these questions that you yeah. have about Captain America's character, yeah. about Steve Rogers' character, yeah. that he would go back and do nothing right. with the gifts that he was given, yeah. knowing who he is. I Yeah. And I, I, there's more. Mm-hmm. There is more. Mm-hmm. This is the part you're not going to want to hear okay. this. But he's over Peggy. no and has been over Peggy at least since the funeral. And I'm not being glib. I'm saying he literally buried her. Right. Mm -hmm. And then had the beginnings of a thing that nobody ever bothered to take anywhere, but Mm -hmm. you know, he had the beginnings of a moment with Sharon, Mm -hmm. right? And not for nothing, not for nothing, but uh, low key, Sharon Carter waking up in the middle of the night and going, fuck you, Aunt Peggy, is legit. (laughs) Like, she should be mad about this because Uh he's over her. Steve is over Peggy. She also, in as much as we know about her, is over him. Not right away. Right, yes. But by the end of the first season of her show, she's over him. She says goodbye to him. Mm -hmm. I don't know that she would. You're right. I don't know if she would welcome him back in, but I'm not sure that that's what he even considers his happy ending anymore, especially mm-hmm. when you consider that his legit two best friends in the yeah. world are now with him in the present yeah. and healthy and whole. Mm-hmm. I, I just I don't buy the choice mm-hmm. that he would go back to Peggy. I don't think it would even occur to him. Right. I think part of it would not occur to him because he's he's over with that part of his life. And he's comfortable with mm-hmm. that. I don't think it gives him a bunch of angst. But
0: he's carrying like, around. Certainly, I mean,
1: certainly there's, I a, there's that, a what if. I there's a what we could have, have been. I mean,
0: he's still carrying around the compass with her picture in it. That still means so much to him. He sees her in the 70s.
1: Oh, but that's all in this movie where they realized, oh, shit, we need to start laying some track for this bullshit ending we made. Yes, they they are laying track in front of the train in this movie to make that ending make any sense. if you look at his arc.
0: Right. If you look at his arc overall, I think you're right. But we do have it in this. It is a retcon. I think it is a
1: retcon. It's undoing a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. through his movies, which, by the way, we have to look for these. And I mean, we're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. You and I, we talked about it. We're gonna do these like uh with the characters that have left. Yeah. We can do their big retrospect. But we kind of did one with black with black women. Right. Mm-hmm. Like her arcs are great. Right. When we caps are great until we fuck it yeah. up. It's like I, I don't I uh, I don't like mm-hmm. it. I, I also I really feel like he's abandoning Bucky yeah. and I don't approve yeah. like at mm-hmm. all and i don't think bucky would be okay with it either when bucky's all like figured it out and he's like no nah, it'll be fine bullshit mm-hmm. you should be upset right mm-hmm. like this is your best friend in the world and he just abandoned you right i get, you mm-hmm. know it's i don't yeah time travel bullshit aside mm-hmm. which is fixable right i really hate it from a character perspective and and it leaves me in a place where I'm doing all this work that you're talking about where I was like, well, obviously he went back in time and operated as Captain America right? Mm-hmm. through the 50s, 60s. Obviously, he was like, no, thanks, Nixon. I don't think I'm going to go to Vietnam. Right. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, I mean, honestly, uh, Civil War uh-huh. happens when he has to deal with Joe McCarthy.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: uh, because uh, psh, between, listen, uh. <laughs> This is a little bit headcanon, but I'm just going to tell you, Steve is a uh, Steve's a socialist. Okay, um, you got to look at the time that he grew up Mm -hmm. in and the 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 neighborhood that he grew up. I'm just saying, Mm -hmm. he's a little pink. Okay, so I mean, he's Uh going to have his break with the government as soon as he gets a summons to the House on american Activities mm-hmm, Committee. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's right. like we have to fill in all this stuff where he's still Captain America, he's still but Captain unless America, you deal with he's the time stuff. There.
0: He's, and also he has, with great power comes great responsibility. He's not going to yes. leave that responsibility behind. So it doesn't make any sense I think for me either from a timey-wimey perspective which also would confuse me no matter what but also like you know I think from a character <laughs> perspective and also like that that he knows he knew Peggy in this time he knew the life that she led he knew that she had been married and that she had kids and if he goes back in time he makes those kids, everything of that life, not exist anymore. And I think that the sadness there is a of way giving of that at up it, is, yes. is has a poignancy to it that that is is important to his character.
1: This man out of time. I know Chris Evans had to go. Right. I know they had to write an ending into this mm-hmm. thing. But this man lost in time, mm-hmm. finding some place to live in the now with his two best friends is the way to do captain america Mm -hmm. i think now i've got i've got some other much better like sort of comic book ways that you could Mm -hmm. do it and i say it not not because like comic books do stuff better or different but because we need to see what he's doing in the past Mm -hmm. and we're not going to get that movie or that tv show but you could you could spit that comic Mm -hmm. book out pretty Pretty easily, right. relatively easily, mm-hmm. to at least show us the trajectory he's on. Right. But with, without that, this is just yeah, it's all loose ends. I really don't like it. It's one of the handful of massive missteps well, uh, that yeah. this movie makes, and it's and part of that's because it's not just this movie; it's six or seven other ones also. Right? That it, that it really screws over. It
0: really does. I mean, I could see, and I actually really would have loved you know him going back, getting that dance with Peggy, and then saying, "I got to go." You know, just having the sure. dance, just having the moment to like say goodbye to that Peggy and then coming back or whatever, like however they would do it. It would be hard because they didn't have enough room in the bag for the story they had and adding that element would have been too much anyway. <laughs> um, but it's all, yeah, the cap the cap stuff, I, I just, I can't, I'm just, okay, whatever. Um, so we've got Tony, right? Yeah. And I kind of love that this is a movie in which you like Tony,
1: I really like Tony Stark in this I movie. Do I mean too. Let, let me parse yes. that a little bit. When we first see him, mm-hmm. I do not like him because he is still the same old right. Tony. Mm-hmm. Like when he is angrily blaming yeah. Steve for all of Tony's mistakes. Right. That is on brand classic Tony. And I don't like mm-hmm. that. But as far as like. That is a good example of the thing with, oh, all of a sudden our compass is back with Peggy's picture, right? right? Like we need to establish where he is. That's a good version of that Mm -hmm. because that is the most Tony Tony has ever been on screen. Mm -hmm. And we're going to arc away from that. I love it. I really do. I love him with Morgan because he's trying, Mm -hmm. like he's really trying to be healthy. Like this is everybody dealing with their trauma. Right. And I I doubt seriously that Tony Stark is dealing with his trauma in the healthiest way, but this is healthier than what we're seeing but this is from years, other people. Though. Like 5 but,
0: years Like 5 years after a major trauma like that is a lot of time to get your head straight. Like he he yes. could have done that work. And I believe him, you know, in this. I believe him with Morgan. I believe him with Pepper. I believe yes. him that he made he made himself into The person that he could have been, the person that he wished his father was.
1: He should have been for Peter. He turns himself into the person he should have been for Peter. And that is great. And you do see it. He talks to Pepper like like she's a human being, possibly for the first time on screen ever. Mm -hmm. He's fantastic with Morgan. Mm -hmm. And to the point where when he says, we're gonna fix this, but we're gonna fix this in a way that I don't lose my growth. Now, he also means his daughter specifically, so I don't mean to like downplay that, but she's a representative of the change that he's actually a good version of himself now. And we haven't seen one of those, maybe since the end of Avengers?
0: He finally got his shit together. Yeah. You know, yeah. he finally got his shit together and it's awful and he feels the loss of everything else. But he doesn't want to lose what he's what he's built in this space. And um, and I love that. I think it makes the stakes so much higher for him. I think it, um you know, and I just, I love, I mean, you know, you know me, I'm always a sucker for Robert Downey Jr. Anyway, even Tony at his <laughs> sure. worst, I'm still charmed by it. I will admit it. He's still
1: very charming. Yeah, Absolutely. Like, I, you know, yeah. I'm
0: not going to lie. Like, I get your point, but I've always loved Tony. Um, but this is this is a, a healed, you know, through the trauma, Tony, uh, who I yes. really like yes. because especially everybody is dark and beardy. Of all the people in this crew, to like get his shit right because of this trauma, I think it's nice that it's Tony, you know? Everybody else is suffering and, and traumatized and trying to figure all this stuff out. And Tony does. Tony finally figures it out. And I think that that's really important to him and really important to his his story arc. So I, I love that. Absolutely. Um, his death is um, hard. Like, I cry every single time. You know, it kills me every yeah. single time. Um, but also, like, appropriate. Like, that's the way that Tony yes. Stark yeah. should go. You know, like, bringing the it. the ending
1: of Avengers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Done again. Yes but with a scope big enough to make up for the fact that the franchise as a whole undid exactly. everything that he got to by the end of Avengers. Exactly. I mean, we can argue about whether those were good choices or mm-hmm. not. We have, mm-hmm. you know, right. <laughs> yeah. but, but at the end of the day, they undid all of that. Mm-hmm. And now we have to get back there and they do it in the biggest, best way. I'm a big fan of it. In yeah. fact, this is a little spoiler for our next mm-hmm. episode, but I, I feel like I have to say it here now. In fact, it's, such a good ending for him and so appropriate and so tied a bow on Tony Stark, the actual hero yeah. for me, that I'm really angry at Far From Home for immediately undoing that and turning him right back into the kind of asshole that will give a murder satellite to a teenager. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Like, I know, I have to say it here, though, <laughs> right. because it undoes this moment. I get like it. In the real world, I had this moment for what, 10 yeah. minutes? I hate that because this made me happy. Not like happy, like hooray, he's fucking dead, but like satisfied. Yes, satisfied Satisfied
0: with that story arc, which is what a good character arc should do for you. Um, So yeah, speaking of a character arc, that maybe is not as satisfying. We have Hulk fusing his two identities. (laughs) Like on the one hand, you know, a big Hulk guy talking like Banner, you know, with this whole, like, I found a new me, everything's cool. Sure, kids, I'll take a picture with you. Like all that kind of stuff. It is cute, you know, like in and of itself, but it kind of undoes the things that I like about Hulk you know yeah. um, so it takes away what makes Bruce Bruce and what makes Hulk Hulk and mashes them together in this very weird in almost incompatible space and I don't I don't really like it.
1: Well let me yeah I no I agree mm-hmm. with all of that. Um, and let me actually go so far as to say uh, Banner is deluding himself mightily. yeah he is not two personalities integrated. It's still just Banner in charge of the Hulk's body. And there's all kinds of textual evidence for this, like the fact that he does not get stronger when he gets madder, because he can't get madder anymore. Mm -hmm. And the fact that when the Ancient One taps him out of his body, he doesn't look like some amalgam of the two, he looks like Banner. So he's fooling himself, and considering where we left him, At the end of the last movie, for us to just jump over that stuff, I get it. That's what five-year gaps do. And I don't hate Professor Holt much. Mm -hmm. Like, they needed him in this movie to do these various things. But there's a lot of character stuff that's going on and not going on there. Mm -hmm. And that's fucked up.
0: Yeah, we don't have the time to do that. You know, we don't have the time to earn that and i think that that's part of yeah. it you know is that it has to be it has to be earned and it has to be part of an arc and it has to be again like there there needs to be more story involved in that in order to pull that off with hulk so it reads to me is just like oh isn't this cute you know and it's it's not um i it just doesn't work for me um it, it now like not for nothing yeah. mm-hmm.
1: from the comic book perspective we did have a professor hulk okay but one thing about this, I'm not gonna go way into mm-hmm. it because I specifically skipped it on purpose, right. but it's just interesting to me how things go differently. Yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. this was one writer. Mm-hmm. Uh well, one writer inherited several Hulks. Yes. He has been green, he has been gray, he has been a different uh-huh. he's been some di- he has more than just two personalities. Ooh. Like he has mm-hmm. he's been quadfurcated, I think. Actually more than mm-hmm. that at this point with what's going on in Immortal Hulk right, right. now. But Pin and Immortal Hulk. Yeah. Um when Peter David wrote this, he had all of these different personalities uh-huh. integrate and you get Professor Hulk, who is as brilliant as Banner, as strong as Savage Hulk, mm-hmm. right? As crafty as Gray Hulk, mm-hmm. and is able to bo- to get angrier and therefore stronger, but not go out of control. Right. Like it's a really good mix mm-hmm. that still holds the individuals. Also, by the end of that arc, you find out that's not all the personalities put together. That's all the personalities basically voting to make a new personality that looks like they all got together uh-huh, because right. none of them actually want to die. Mm-hmm. And so so it's kind of cool that like the internal conflict there ends with, oh, none of us want to go, right. mm-hmm. but we'd like to be more friendly. Let's create a fake space where we can be friendly. Mm-hmm. All of that is really cool. We get none of that. Right. We just get like, hey, let's dab. <laughs> yeah it's
0: it's it's not good um okay thor here's the thing (laughs) we all know everybody who's listened to this podcast knows i started out just hating the hell out of thor like i never liked thor Until recently, where we got him, until Ragnarok, really. I mean, we got him damaged and suffering and working through his trauma and figuring his shit out, which I love. I love dark and beardy Thor. I love troubled, traumatized Thor, you know. Um, It's all wonderful. I love it, except we turn this unbelievably heartbreaking you know in in incarnation of thor into one big string of offensive fat jokes and it yeah. drives me crazy in the same yeah. but then we also have this moment i'm still worthy when he calls mjolnir i mean oh my god that moment is so freaking touching and and heartbreaking and oh my god it's amazing and that The fact that they have that in this movie alongside, you know, the fat joke Thor um, offends me even more because they have an amazing moment for him. When he beheads Thanos, right, because in Infinity War, he didn't go for the head. Mm -hmm. It should have gone for the head. It should have gone for the head. Then he takes that axe and just, you know, that is such Uh, such an incredible moment. Like it's so good. And then we move into this and I don't mind him being dark and beardy. I don't mind the fact that he's put on a little weight or whatever. It's, it's that we make him into a joke and it's, it's offensive and the fat jokes are just offensive. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's worth saying that Thor is really great. Mm-hmm. Thor is not the problem with Thor in this no. movie. It's everybody else's reaction to yes. him, with the possible exception of a fucking fat suit in the first place. The like, fat just,
0: suit is too much. I think having like um, like oversized clothes, you know, to kind of they show have him faked that. like yes. wearing like yes. the fact that like he's he's wearing sweatshirts and he's wearing you know uh, lounge pants that like like that he's wearing those things doesn't bother me. You know, the fact that we're not showing off Chris Hemsworth's, you know, physique does not bother me. It's that we've turned him into a joke because he gained weight, which I find offensive on so many levels. You know,
1: it's worse than gaining weight. It's not. Even just gaining weight, which would be bad enough, it's the fact that he let himself go in that way. Mm -hmm. He did not take care of himself because he does not love himself right now. Like he's depressed.
0: I know because he he doesn't think he's he's not worthy, and that I think is such a beautiful place to go with Thor. This idea that he, you know, that he's not being lazy or like not he doesn't think that he's worthy anymore and i don't think that we sell that exactly i don't think that we sell that hard enough because we want to make all of these jokes you know when he's in new asgard so that when we get that i'm still worthy moment i mean it still freaking kills me but yeah it's just it's so it's so irritating because there's such great great potential here yes and it most of it is blown
1: Honestly, that I'm still worthy scene is the perfect example of this because the run up with his mother is so touching and so wonderful. And then Mm -hmm. he does the calls the hammer and she knows exactly what he's doing. But Rocket's like, what is this bullshit? And then he's screaming, (laughs) I'm still worthy. And on his way out, Frigg says, have a salad. And I'm Uh, like, yes. Yes. This is literally yes. the entire problem with this in one scene.
0: Exactly. What the exactly. fuck? Exactly, yeah. I know. It's How so terrible. How do you terrible. from
1: one moment to the next go from the best mom to the actual worst mom? Like I know. that fast. Unbelievable. I
0: know. No, it's truly, truly terrible. And it's absolutely infuriating. Um, so we build all of this up. We end up with our dead returning right? You know, yes. which is this glorious, all of these people coming back, these Spider-Man, you know, Akoye, or Okoye was okay. That's something I'm going to talk about in a minute. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, T'Challa, you know, we get, we get everybody back and they're in this fight. Everybody except the people who died, like Vision obviously was not snapped. He was like, dead before that, you know. Air
1: quotes, really died? <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. So, um, so we have this whole thing and there's, there's something in the battle. Like I understand, we've got this big action sequence. It's the end of a Marvel movie. This is something that we just do, you know. Um, so I like seeing the heroes back. I absolutely hate Captain Marvel. Um, I hate the pandering girl power shot with all the the all the women who we can't bother. To give decent stories to who we can't bother to like spend any time with their character, do anything aside from just put them under the male gaze. And then we're like, oh, no, girls, here's your power shot. There you go, you know? Um, I found it so incredibly, incredibly insulting and I absolutely hate that. Um, and then, you know, we, we don't have to get into this whole thing. We had our Captain Marvel fight and I'm willing to leave it there, but the fact that, that we have to like send her off to other universes for the whole thing, otherwise there wouldn't be much of a fight, okay. Lonnie,
1: that is not why she's gone! That is why she's gone! Nope, it's not. That is completely not, there is both a meta, there are two, Metatextual reasons that she has to be gone that still have mm-hmm. to be dealt with as part of the text because they're so integral to the thing. Mm-hmm. They just uh, and one of them is that they were shooting all of this before she got to shoot her movie, so they were not asking Brie Larson to play a character when she didn't even have a script for her, the movie that was going to introduce her.
0: She can fly on her own power through a Chitari warship.
1: Right. She's still not blowing. overpowered because that's not a thing. That's not the problem oh, anyway. Jesus. You can't yes. say that in this movie either because yes. she actually had to work for fighting Thanos. Thanos had to cheat to win. For a few
0: minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Thanos with the gauntlet has to have the gauntlet in order to even go toe to toe with Captain Marvel. That's way overpowered.
1: Oh, that's not. That he is,
0: doesn't need that for anybody else. Okay. Uh, anyway, we've had that argument. I'm we'll let that also, go because you're the just the rest of wrong. this fight, the rest yeah. of this
1: fight proves my point, because almost everybody doing everything costs them very little, if anything.
0: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Throwing but
1: your shield is still, Captain America gets Mjolnir and we're still not Captain OP, America but we're gonna complain about Captain Marvel. of
0: his own power, fly through a Chitari warship, without can, so much as breaking a nail, and just destroy everything by giving it a dirty look. He That's could what have Captain now Mar- that he had
1: the hammer. The other reason, the big meta reason, is that Mm -hmm. this isn't her movie. She's part of the next set of Avengers. They couldn't not have her show up at the end. And frankly, this is what I was talking about, about them needing a power level up before Mm -hmm. the end of this movie. She's it. They should have had more than her, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, the Marvel Universe needs to step up its fucking power game. That's legit. And if they're only going to do that with Captain Marvel, then here she is. But mm-hmm. the, the deal there is not that she's too powerful and has to be gone from this movie. It's it's not her movie. This is the movie that says goodbye to our old Avengers. If she showed up and was important to it, we'd be mad about that. Even I'd be mad about that. And I love her because this isn't her movie. <laughs> This is Cap and Tony and Thor's, and to a lesser extent, Natasha and Hulk, and I guess Hawkeye fuck them. But you know, <laughs> it's their movie to say goodbye to them. That's why she's not in it.
0: I disagree, like a thousand percent, but I'm not interested in having this argument anymore. <laughs> Hopefully, we will never have another Captain Marvel well, movie, and then a I have Captain Marvel
1: too. So,
0: Ugh, whatever. Okay. So, anyway, it's wonderful to have Peter back, Peter Parker.
1: It's yeah, it's okay.
0: It's lovely to have him back. I love Spider-Man. So there's a lot of them that I'm I'm like, I'm really happy to see everybody come back at this moment. Um, But one of the things, though, that we've kind of got an issue with, again, you know, is race and representation within this movie. Uh, We have a few characters of color, most of them barely present throughout the whole thing. I do not understand why we didn't bring Okoye in. You know, she survived the snap. She watched her king die. She is also having trauma. Where is her trauma represented? Where is Wakanda? Right. We just destroyed Wakanda at the end of Infinity War. You know, we went in and had everything happened there. Okay. (laughs) Everything happened there. (laughs) It was their warriors there fighting. They did lose a lot of lives. Their warriors that were not superpowered, that were just there fighting superpowered stuff. Like, um, they put a lot on the line. They sacrificed a lot. And we don't even acknowledge them in this movie until in the end when we're like, oh, look, here's Okoye. You know, and I'm not saying I don't love seeing Okoye, but she was not snapped. She should have been involved in this. Yeah. Like the whole way through. We see her at the beginning
1: and we Uh, see her at the end and that's Mm -hmm. it. But she's she's tied into the same Captain Marvel problem. The Mm -hmm. reason that we don't front and center her is it's not her movie. It's not Wakanda's movie. This is the movie that says goodbye to our first phases and and for better or worse. It's like, what I I say here in the notes is kind of, I'm not saying it's not bad, but it's like Mm -hmm. an inherited problem. Like at the point that you have 22 movies and you're supposed to say goodbye to those 22 movies or to a big chunk of them, right? That's Mm -hmm. part of what Endgame does. If those 22 movies are largely white, male and straight, then the ending to those movies is going to be largely white male and straight. And so like I do I agree with you 100% that it's an issue, but mm-hmm. I'm just sort of like this movie wasn't going to fix that. And if it had tried, it would be even worse than the cringy girl power moment. Because because we'd be sitting here going, where are the guys we're saying goodbye to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know. Uh consider what a shitty job they did with a lot of those guys we were saying goodbye to. Mm i don't know it's
1: a mixed bag i don't disagree Um, i think i think
0: it could use i think we could use a little more you know a little more rounded representation there Uh, we have widows the only female character in the avengers core group she dies so that a man can live um hulk also throws a bench because he's so upset at her death but never does much to connect to her while she's alive i mean if she's so damn important to you bruce maybe fucking say something to her you know give her rose send her a text, whatever, you know. Um, (laughs) Wanda was lost in the snap. She returns at the end. She gets some payback in the fight. We do see her come in and she kicks ass. I like that. She's too Um, overpowered. Yeah. Um, Sam, you know, gets to be the new cap at the end.
1: That was impressive. You really yep. cruised right past that. That was good. Um, but she I am is, not she's, even
0: getting into this discussion with you again. You no, know, it's Wanda.
1: Uh, I said Wanda. Wanda's overpowered.
0: I just, no, Wanda's not overpowered. Yeah, Wanda is not Captain Marvel. If you're going to, she's see, as okay, powerful it. as Captain Marvel. You she see is, it in this movie. She is not. Okay. Anyway, Sam gets to be the new Cap at the end. Um, so that shows like a promise to the future. Um, but he was also snapped away. And I did like some rough back of a napkin calculations on yes. this of the thirty majorish characters that I tracked. 14 were snapped, which is about 50 percent. That's about right. That's about right. (laughs) Of the 16 who were not snapped, nine were straight white men with most of the screen time, the vast majority of the screen time. Of those seven underrepresented characters, we have Rhodey, Okoye, Nat, Carol, Gamora, Nebula, Valkyrie. Um, Nat was killed, Gamora was was killed before the snap and then brought back <laughs> from the past. So we have that, right? After having, but she was killed in the last movie. Um, one of the two Nebulas was killed um, and Okoye just shows up for the final fight to be part of the girl power shot, right? Um, with, with no real reference to Wakanda or anything that's going on there. Um, there isn't a single gay character Among them, which is an Mm. additional affront since Carol should have been off living her best lesbian life with Maria Rambeau the whole time.
1: Facts, facts, facts.
0: And we don't even know what happened to Maria or to Monica or Mm -hmm. any of that. We don't know what happened in those 20 years. We'll get to that, I'm sure. Um, And Valkyrie is there doing the emotional and political labor for Thor the whole time while he wept into empty beer cans. Right. so we don't have much from from the the characters from underrepresented groups. And I realize that, yes, all of our major characters have been straight white men. So that's what we're closing out is the era of the straight white men. But it, it's not it's not great, you know, that's to the not trick. fix these representation
1: problems. You got it for me when you said we're closing out the story of all these straight white men, because mm-hmm. this also factors into my reaction to. Uh, like you're saying the girl power shot and I say the A-Force shot? Yes. Because Mm -hmm. because comic book wise there was an all-lady Avenger squad led by Captain Marvel called A-Force and uh, so Is it separate but equal? (sighs) It's actually separate but better. (laughs) Which I don't I don't have an opinion about one way or the other. I don't know how to feel about that. But just as you asked me that I realized it's true. They're separate but better. (laughs) Right. And so that scene is very much like a like Schrodinger scene for me, right? Like if right. we mm-hmm. get this as the actual closing of the book on all the straight white dudes and we actually mm-hmm. get representation from here on out, no that does not fix the problems that were laid 22 mm-hmm. movies ago, right? right. But it would show me, much like they did with Tony's character in this movie, I think, that they understand the problem and are going to do something about it going forward. Um mm-hmm. so that's the question, right? Like if that scene turns out to be a promise that is kept, I fucking love it. If that scene turns out to be I don't
0: want I don't want a separate girl oh, no, no, fighting. No.
1: They don't have to do an A force like where there okay. was there were in fiction reasons for them. To, for there only to be lady Avengers around. There were mm-hmm. things going on mm-hmm. that, I, that I refuse to answer right now. Okay. Like, it's not, mm-hmm. trust me, it's not worth it. Okay. Right. Um, but there were in fiction reasons for there to be an all-lady group. Mm-hmm. It, um, but it also let us play with an all-lady group. So I don't, you know, right. I, mm-hmm. I'll take your shenanigans if it gets me something good right and that's right. kind of where i come down to where it's like i don't want to forgive this movie for sidelining all of these mm-hmm. people of color and women but mm-hmm. also if we're saying goodbye to our original core group who should have been more diverse in the first place right mm-hmm. you're it's like i said it's an inherited problem let i'm yeah. i'm putting it I, I may come back to this three years from now and be a hundred times more angry about it because right. they never mm-hmm. pay it off so right. like right mm-hmm. now I'm existing in this like floaty space of you motherfuckers better do right from here on out, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The the nod and the, yeah, we'll get to you kind of thing. Nah. Uh, and also like the, the idea of a whole separate force. What I would really like to see is everybody actually being treated equal and, and working together. Oh, sure. But yes. Again, but, there
1: were in-fiction reasons.
0: <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. It's very, very complicated. Um, you know, also, I would like to say that Marvel was really tooting its horn about how it had a gay character in Endgame, oh, and it yeah. was this guy, this unnamed guy from from group therapy who went on a date with another man. That is not uh, representation. Marvel has to stop patting itself on the back for that. That is offensive that they thought that that was, was this great big move forward for them. What they need to do is set up Carol and Monica, you know? Um, yes. 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 And a lovely, lovely cabin by the sea, you know, something nice. Um, and then <laughs> and then we'll talk. Then we'll start to have a conversation about how you're dealing with the the fact that not everybody is straight white men. Yeah. Um, so all of that said... You know, even with the problems that I had with this movie and the things that I did not care for um, overall, like I really did enjoy it. I thought there was a lot of there was a lot of good stuff. The, the stuff that was good was was good, you know, and the stuff that was bad was very distracting from the good. stuff. Yes, but, I agree with that.
1: I think the highs were higher than the lows.
0: Yeah, Now the I, lows. I don't know.
1: Well, OK, let me say, let me start over and say that a different way. Um, some of these lows are tied to identities that I don't share, so that yes. may, it's not clearly I'm not ignoring them, but it may be why it didn't, you know, hit me quite as hard, or why mm-hmm. I, while I'm prepared to look at that scene as a hopeful promise, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's three hours long, and and probably only fifteen minutes of it is cringy
0: yeah but it's, it's powerful cringy it's yeah, no, powerful cringy so yeah. yeah so there's something like it's it's you know it's tough because I actually do like I did enjoy it you know yeah. I enjoyed it when I went to see it in the theaters I enjoyed it you know this last time even watching it in the middle of of a, a world situation that feels um, somewhat resonant within like the <laughs> yeah. despair that they've got there um, and I think maybe that may be why it, uh, it it was it was even more powerful I think for me on this watch than it was on the last one, probably because of those extra textual, you know, influences. Mm -hmm. Um, But overall, like, yeah, I I enjoyed it. And I thought that it was good. I I have my issues with some of it. um, But overall, I really did think it was good. Um, Now, I would like to turn this over to you. And I just want to see... If it is even possible for you, and I mean, understand, like it's not that I doubt your uh, your timey-wimey stuff, sure. it's that I doubt my ability to wrap my mind around even the stuff that's supposed to make sense. So I wanna see if you can make this, if you can make this clear to me, everybody will understand it. Okay,
1: I yes. make no guarantees, but I'm very <laughs> excited to give it a try. Okay, All right. so mm-hmm. to lay the scene, as discussed, the time travel in Endgame is completely fucked. Okay? Yes. Let's just mm-hmm. make sure. It's fucked on the screen. It's fucked at the metal level. It doesn't make sense for this movie. It doesn't make sense for the other movies. It makes yes. no internal continuity sense. However, yes. however, if we go back to the Halcyon days of 1998, mm-hmm. DC Comics created on purpose a concept that this movie created by accident, and that <laughs> concept is hypertime. Okay. Okay. At its simplest, hypertime has been described as a multiverse of multiverses. Okay. We're all familiar with the concept of the multiverse at this point. It's on fucking primetime television every night (laughs) of the CW, every single night. But if you can believe it, there was once a time that DC believed the multiverse was too complicated. Okay. Uh So to explain how and why we get to hypertime, I want to tell you, a little bit about how that happened and how Marvel's very dumb and confusing multiverse also works. Okay? okay. <laughs> From 1961 until 1986, DC had a multiverse. Okay? Uh-huh. It started... In as much as any of these never-ending stories start, with Earth One, the mm-hmm. place where our Silver Age heroes existed. Now, Silver Age, for those of you who may not know, are kind of this middle space. It's after the Golden Age. We're after the war. We're after World War II. There's a huge drop off in interest in superheroes. They mm-hmm. re- DC revitalizes a bunch of their heroes as science fiction heroes mm-hmm. and creates a new Demand for superheroes in what comes to be known as the Silver Age. So, Earth 1 is where the Silver Age heroes existed, and Earth 2 is where the Golden Age DC heroes who had fought in World War II existed, and then Mm -hmm. they continued to age. So, it was still 1961 in both Earth 1 and Earth 2, but one set had fought in World War 2, so they were older, right? Mm -hmm. And the other set are the ones that we're currently buying off the rack, okay? Okay. Mm -hmm. We eventually. Introduce an Earth-3, where evil doppelgangers of our Silver Age heroes exist. So, like, Ultraman, Owlman, and Superwoman head up the crime syndicate of America, Mm -hmm. right? Those are evil versions of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman in the Justice League, okay? Eventually, DC acquires existing intellectual property from other comic book companies, and they just spin them off into their own Earths. OK, so Earth X is where Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters are still fighting against the Nazis who basically won World War Two Earth uh-huh. S or sometimes Earth five depends is where mm-hmm. the faucet Captain Marvel lives. That's a whole uh-huh. different character. The original Captain Marvel now goes by the name Shazam was uh-huh. acquired by DC and was just put in Earth S. OK, okay. and lots more. OK, now, by the early 1980s, D.C. was getting shellacked by Marvel in sales, <laughs> shellacked. Uh-huh. And somehow it becomes the narrative that this was due to D.C. being too juvenile, uh, correct, mm-hmm. if only in comparison to Marvel, mm-hmm. and too confusing, patently false. Right. Mm-hmm. So they decided to get serious with a giant story called Crisis on Infinite Earths that would lead to the multiverse collapsing into a single timeline in a single Earth. Now, naturally, that wouldn't stick, but I'll come back to it. Okay. Now, as for time travel, that's multiverses, and this Mm -hmm. will matter. It'll all come together. As for time travel in the DC universe, it happened a lot. Like literally every issue of Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes has Superboy, who is younger than the Superman you're reading about in the Superman comics, going a thousand years in the future to hang out with his superpowered teenage friends. Mm -hmm. And nobody thinks very hard about it, except for Saturn Girl, who gave a post-hypnotic suggestion to Superboy and Supergirl so that they would forget everything they learned about their futures when they went home uh uh-huh. So every time they come forward, they remember, they go home, they forget. That is okay. literally all of the lip service given to time travel in the DC universe, because the DC universe is fucking bonkers, and the <laughs> rules are... Uh, Up to you, okay?
0: Okay. uh Now,
1: Marvel. Marvel took a much more haphazard approach to both their multiverse and time travel. Mm -hmm. It kind of starts with a book called What If that posited all kinds of different scenarios, like what if the spider had bitten Aunt May? What if the Punisher killed the Marvel Universe? Mm -hmm. What if Jane found the hammer? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Eventually, mostly through X-Men and X-Adjacent shenanigans, we come to know that each of these stories represents a different timeline Mm -hmm. and essentially accidentally created a multiverse. Right. The thing is, apparently a new timeline is created every time anyone anywhere makes a decision. Mm hmm. So there's this universe. I'm just going to use my real life as an example here. There's this universe where I ate hippie brand cereal for breakfast. (laughs) But there's also one where I had eggs and one where I ate sugar bombs and one where I died 10 years ago and probably one Uh where I'm a plant-based humanoid because evolution went way different. (laughs) Mm-hmm. OK, so just imagine that applied to the trillions of beings on every world in the universe and to more than just decisions about breakfast foods. And it gets pretty fucking dumb, pretty fucking quick. Yeah. I do not like the Marvel approach to its multiverse. Right. At all. OK. Even as a kid, that approach made me wonder why I cared about the 616, mm-hmm. the universe where most of my comics are set. Right. When it's already the 616th universe. Like, shouldn't Uh I care about Earth 1? DC made this real easy for me, right? Uh Uh-huh. It also kills time travel as a useful and fun story tool because you can't mm-hmm. change the past of your earth. You just make right. a new timeline. Right. And the future is just like a shattered fractal of possible timelines. Who the fuck right. knows? Mm-hmm. Naturally, this does not stop the X-Men from fucking with the future and the past a 100 million times because they sold more copies than the Bible and they can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Also, it gave us a council of Kang's and a council of Reed Richards's. So it's not all bad. I kind of like okay. that. <laughs> mm hmm. In short, DC is losing its ass to Marvel, and in response, it jettisoned one of its cleverest pieces of superhero technology, which was, contrary to the narrative, quite simple to keep track of in comparison <laughs> to Marvel. Marvel responds by creating its own multiverse, but when confronted with the idea that multiverses are too complicated, it says, Hold my entire goddamn keg. <laughs> Bouncing back to DC. I wasn't uh-huh. the only one who thought that that company had lost something, not just interesting, but like full of real story possibility and something that made DC unique in its approach. It mm-hmm. was a mistake, and a bunch of creators figured that out right away, because almost right away, we had to do a multiverse story. Oh, what? I thought we got rid of the multiverse. Nah, uh-huh. there's one pocket dimension that sneaks back in, because we need to fix the fact that Clark Kent now never operated as Superboy, but we still have those legion of superhero stories happening that don't have a right. Superboy. Yeah, it's unfixable. It's unfixable. Uh-huh. So without a multiverse, so they bring in a little one, like just a little a one little as a baby treat. A
0: pocket multiverse. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: now by the mid 90s two of uh-huh. my favorite creators mark wade and grant morrison started scheming about how they could bring it back without actually bringing it back and necessitating some kind of line-wide reboot like they'd done in 86 okay
0: all right and this is dc this is dc okay
1: their okay. answer to this conundrum was hypertime. okay now could i have jumped right to hypertime? yes but every uh-huh. single person would be like But why though? Why is this the answer? You had to know how we got here, okay? Yes. It's essentially, as I said, a multiverse of multiverses. So you have your usual Earth 1, 2, and 3 in the present, Mm -hmm. and you might have the original Earth 1, 2, and 3 that existed before Crisis in 1986, Mm -hmm. okay? And then you might have another Earth 1, 2, and 3 that are the same but set in the distant future, but they're all recognizable as versions of the idea of Earths 1, 2, and 3. Yes. Hell, even the Marvel Universe is part of this constellation because there have been DC and Marvel crossovers, which means that every single one of Marvel's bullshit timelines is also a part of DC's Hypertime, <laughs> whether they like it or not. <laughs> okay. So, how does Hypertime fix this movie? First of all, Uh it's pretty clear that they aren't doing time travel. They changed their own pasts. Right. Yes. And even if Professor Hulk is to be believed, which spoiler, he isn't. Uh That is incomprehensible gibberish on purpose to make us stop thinking about it. okay? Uh But even if he is to be believed, what they did in the past should have undone the present. They fucked everything up. Like, you can't just take it and put it back in the same spot. Okay. Right. Uh So and just to just to explain why that doesn't work if they literally don't exist anymore to go back in time and change their past then the versions of them that go back in time still exist to go yeah. back in time and change their own path it just eats its own tail yes so obviously we're doing more than merely traveling through time so they are in fact traveling interdimensionally and only tangentially through time they went to different but very similar earths to the one we know yeah. A next-door neighbor if you're speaking in a quantum sense, okay? Sure. So they didn't change their own past. They changed the present uh-huh. of one of those other earths. So uh-huh. now those other earths are telling their own Avenger stories that uh-huh. lack infinity stones and uh-huh. their Mjolnir and vibranium shields and whatever uh-huh. else. Yeah. They didn't travel through time. They traveled to another dimension that looked like their 2014. Okay. So, sort of good news. Everyone calm down. Steve didn't go back in time to cock block the future Mr. Carter and hide out doing nothing about uh, McCarthy and uh, 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 Vietnam and Watergate and Chernobyl and Bucky and Hydra. Uh-huh. He went to a universe where there wasn't yet a Mr. Carter to cock block. And uh-huh. I personally assume he did something about all those other problems with Peggy.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. I mean, look, look,
1: look, I, I, his choice still makes no goddamn story sense. But hey, hypertime can fix everything. Okay. Sure. OK. Yes. Maybe you and I could use it to find a universe where somebody put more than 30 seconds thought into Cap's ending. Right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and where we don't make any fat jokes about Thor and where we uh-huh. kill Hawkeye instead of Natasha. We can use hypertime to find the best of all possible worlds and the best of all possible end games. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah no like i get it i get all the <laughs> multiverses like i mean right. i get that that they're all just alternate timelines
1: yeah. a constellation of mul- no they're not they're not all multiple timelines they yeah. are completely different realms of existence that are right, right, very right. No, similar yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah yeah right because it's a different timeline thing off
0: every different choice you make spits off a new parallel universe
1: no that's the marvel way and it's fucking terrible hyper time <laughs>
0: How is hypertime different? Okay, see, this is the thing. I told you I can't wrap my mind around this. How is hypertime different from a bunch of multiverses?
1: Okay, I'll be honest. In a lot of ways, in the terms of this movie, the difference is largely semantic. Okay, <laughs> in the terms in terms of this movie. Now, I don't think it's entirely semantic because, again, they undid themselves. Like, you mm-hmm. have to have an explanation that isn't just time travel mm-hmm. in this right. movie or it doesn't work. Okay, so it can just be blamed as plot spackle to fix in Yeah. Game. But if you yeah. take this and you apply it to something as robust as 80 years of DC continuity, yeah. or what are we at about 50, 60 years of Marvel continuity, and you apply it to that, then you get to tell any story you want without breaking your continuity.
0: Okay. I, I guess I don't understand how it's different from just a bunch of
1: multiverses.
0: How is hyper No, that's what it is. It's
1: a multiverse of multiverses. Right. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't. Okay. People will explain it to me.
1: No. I'm nobody sure. is going to explain it to you. I guarantee you. This is as simple as it gets. And I would actually have to sort of. I don't
0: see how it's different, though.
1: I well, don't wh- see how it's than time different. time travel? It's different than time travel because they're not undoing themselves.
0: Right. Because they're not changing their personal Because they're going to another timeline. dimension. But they're yeah. going to. So all of these presents. Like it's in, in the other dimension, it's nineteen forty two in right Yeah. What do you okay?
1: Yeah. Okay. So okay. so it does solve some of the ethical problem also. Right. Steve didn't change his Peggy's life. He went to a right. universe that's very, very similar, so and met Peggy in her present of nineteen fifty. Yes. So everything that happens from there is not, as I say, cock blocking the future Mr. Carter. It's okay. Her Because he is the
0: future, Mr. Carter, yes.
1: Because he fills that role in that universe. And that's why it has to be different than just timelines. Because the other thing about the timeline thing with Marvel is that you can't use time travel as a thing, right? Because you can't use it to fix your own problems. Mm -hmm. I want that to still be in the cabinet. I don't want it to be brought out every day. It's the fine china. It's the Mm -hmm. good plates. Okay, but this lets you do that in a way where you can actually affect your own storyline without creating a million bajillion continuity Uh errors. Yeah. Uh huh. And it opens up the possibility that we're going to get. I know we're getting it on Disney Plus where we're going to get a what if story Uh right right where Mm -hmm. now we don't have to try and like dink around with timelines it's just if they ever want to go back to that well they can it's a whole other universe where steve didn't become captain america and instead got a robot suit and peggy got the serum that's the first (laughs) that's the first story i've seen the trailer okay anyway okay
0: yes no i mean i like i I, yeah okay no i i i think i get it i think i get it but yeah
1: in a universe of infinite possibilities Mm mm-hmm That has nevertheless trained all of us nerds to care about every minute detail.
0: (laughs) This is the only way you get out of life. The only way you get out of life. I like it. All right, Joshua. Avengers Endgame. What's your favorite part?
1: Okay, man. My favorite part. Barnett, there's a lot to love in this movie. Of course Uh I love I'm Still Worthy. Of course I love Cap finally getting his due. Fuck you, Uh Age of Ultron. I love all that stuff. (laughs) But my A number one, bar none. Favorite part of this movie is the tiny brief interaction between Carol and Peter. It is is so spectacular. Mm -hmm. Like, he is so, like, not with it. And she is so just, like, cool. Like, hey, Peter Parker, you Mm -hmm. got something for She's so cool. And he's not cool. Right? (laughs) And in that moment, in that moment, they were so fucking adorable that all Mm -hmm. I want is a series of adventures where Peter accidentally goes to space with Carol and they have, you know, wacky shenanigans. That's all I want. Spider-Man 4 or Captain Marvel 3 needs to be that thing. I want it so bad. So bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah, except that if Peter Parker is in a Captain Marvel movie, that means I have to watch the Captain Marvel movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Sister, you're committed to that anyway. Like, you have this podcast. Hey, friends, if this podcast mysteriously gets canceled right before Captain Marvel 2 comes out, the jig is fucking up.
0: Look, I'm just saying that guest hosts are a thing. All right. So my favorite part of Avengers Endgame is very much I'm still worthy. I I love that moment. And then Thor... Thor is my favorite part, I think is a wonderful, you know, character arc for me, right? You know, um, yeah, no, I absolutely love it. And it is so incredibly touching. And it does it does throw a, you know, really sharp relief on all the things they did wrong, especially that's followed up by eat a salad. But that moment in and of itself is just so incredible. And I absolutely love it.
1: It's, oh, yeah, yeah, it's really good. Like, there's all this subtext that we could go into where it's like, he was always worthy in the, even in the first movie, and it was just Odin yeah. fucking with him, and he's yeah. been worthy this whole time, but he needed something to prove it. And, mm-hmm. and I really think that he wouldn't even have tried for fear of finding yeah. out he wasn't worthy without the pep top from Frigg, yeah. right? There's, yeah, there's just, you're, my little five seconds <laughs> so made good. me spin out a whole other sequel, which is why <laughs> I love it, but I can't argue with the absolute, just like gut wrenching heartstrings of oh I'm Still God. Worthy. It's fantastic. So great. If you enjoyed this conversation and would like to join in, come find us on Twitter. Lonnie is at Lonnie Diane Rich, and I'm at joshua unruh and the hashtag is listen up a-holes
0: this episode of listen up a-holes was brought to you by the chipperish and pulp diction producers who support us on patreon at the power producer level these people are the reason why listen up a-holes is coming to you free and ad free right now so thank you to our may producers abigail alice crimson glass erica jonathan kristen sarah and shelly thank you producers and to everyone who supports chipperish media or pulp diction productions this message is for you Honestly, until this exact moment, I thought you were Build-A-Bear.
1: To find out how you, too, can support Chipperish Media or Pulp Diction Productions, our Patreon links are in the show notes. Other ways to show your support, write a great review on Apple Podcasts, tell your friends about the show, or base your plan to save the universe on Back to the Future.
0: (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Listen Up, A-Holes. We'll be back next time with our discussion of Spider-Man Far From Home. Until then, I can do this all day.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know.